This is the one week of the year as a nation that we focus on thanksgiving. As Christians, though, thanksgiving should be on the forefront of our lives every single day. And I'm going to read a a couple of verses here. It tells us in 1 Chronicles 16 and verse 8, it says, Give thanks unto the Lord, call upon His name, make known His deeds among the people, Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all of His wondrous works. See, we should do this every day. As a nation, we recognize Thanksgiving on a yearly basis. We should do this every day. Psalms 105, 1 and 2 says, Oh, give thanks unto the Lord. Call upon His name. Make known His deeds among the people. Sing unto Him. Sing psalms unto Him. Talk ye of all of his wondrous works. Again, he's telling us the same thing. Every day should be a thing that we thank God. We sing unto him. We praise him. We brag about God every day to the people around us of what he is doing in our lives. Psalms 100, 1 through 5 tells us, it says, Make a joyful noise unto the Lord, all ye lands. Serve the Lord with gladness. Come before his presence with singing. Know ye that the Lord, He is God. It is He that hath made us, and not we ourselves. We are His people, and the sheep of His pasture. And because of that, we are to enter into His gates with thanksgiving, and into His courts with praise. Be thankful unto Him, and bless His name. For the Lord is good, His mercy is everlasting, and His truth endureth, endureth to all generations." So do you see what the Scripture tells us? If we're born again believers, this is something that we do on a daily basis, not a yearly basis. Thanksgiving should not be a a, a time in our lives that it's, it's something that we're not normally used to doing, giving thanks, giving thanks, praising God for what He has done in our lives. It shouldn't be something that is unusual for us. So let's stop for a minute this morning. And let's look at the history of thanksgiving and use this time to focus our attention on thanksgiving. So when we look at the scriptures or at the history of thanksgiving, we realize that the first thanksgiving was after the first year the pilgrims landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts. This was in 1621 is when they landed. It took 13 weeks for them to arrive. Now I want you to know that they did not arrive at the destination that they had planned. Okay, They had planned to land in America several hundred miles south of where they landed. It was about this time of the year that they landed in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Now what's taking place up in Plymouth, Massachusetts this last couple of weeks? A, a, a cold front has come through. So, now you think about this. Now, I used to enjoy going camping in a tent. I used to. Okay? I don't anymore. RV is a whole lot nicer. You think about it though. You land in Plymouth, Massachusetts. Here comes a cold front. All you have is what you can build in a, in a hurry. You have the ship, but all you have is when you get out on the land... You don't have food storage except what you brought with you on the ship. You don't have, this is not what they were expecting. 
They were expected to be several hundred miles south. They were expecting warmer temperatures. But when they got there, it caught them off guard and they, they were really in a bad situation. Bitter cold set in. They were not prepared for what they were facing for the whole first year in the new land. They had uh, not had time to gather food. They had not had time to build shelters. Before the first year was over, from November to November, 102 people got off of the ship and now only 50 had survived. Wow. Only 50 had survived. And this is what they were facing at the end of that anniversary. At the end of the anniversary of their first year in the new land, this is what they had to decide. They said, okay, this is the anniversary. We have a choice. Do we want the anniversary to be a day of mourning with attention focused on their losses of the loved ones who had died and the hardship that they had faced, or do they want to be thankful and focus on what they had achieved and what they had received? That was the choice. Can you imagine America today if we celebrated a day of mourning instead of a day of thanksgiving? Can you imagine that? Can, can you imagine the news of how they had parades going down the street? Oh my goodness, this is the worst year. Oh, look at the president we've got. Look at the Congress that we're dealing with. Man, I want you to know they would come up with all kind of mourning and sorrow and, and just death walks. Oh, it would be horrible. And then we could come to church on the day of mourning and we could say, we could have someone to get up and testify how bad their year was. And then somebody on the other side would stand up and say, well, if you think your year was bad, listen to my year. You think your... And somebody over here stand up, boy, you think yours was bad, listen to how bad... Praise God. Praise God they chose for this to be a time of celebrating and not a time of mourning. They chose to be thankful instead of being ungrateful and sorry and mourning. They chose to celebrate instead of a time of crying. And as they chose to celebrate, this is what they've done. Now understand, the first year they're there, the first year they're there. They know very little about the surroundings. They don't know what, what grows and what doesn't grow over there. After the first year when, when winter broke, the only reason that 50 of them survived because of the Native Americans that lived around them supplied them with food, venison, some of the crops that they had saved from their year prior, or the 50 wouldn't have survived. It was because of the Native Americans that they were able to survive even through the winter that they did have. So at the end of this year, the Indians had come in and they had taught the pilgrims how to plant, how to raise crops, how to harvest, how to, how to hunt, how to do some of the things that these people never even knew what or how to do. So at the end of the year, they come and they had a period of time and it was ruled those 50 people were to have a feast of thanksgiving to celebrate what they had received for this first year anniversary. Now, it was very interesting to me to find out some things about that first thanksgiving. Because I'll tell you, some of the things that, 
that we eat and celebrate for Thanksgiving, they didn't have at the first feast. I was really disappointed to understand that they didn't even have turkey at the first Thanksgiving. Well, our whole celebration circles around. They didn't have cranberry sauce or pumpkin pie. None of those things were added years, some years later. So as we recognize that some of these things happened years and years later, help us to understand uh, they had things like venison, duck, fish, corn, squash, onions, and cabbage. My goodness, some of our teenagers wouldn't even eat that day, would they? (laughs) Goodness gracious. But some of these things that we use and man, can you can you imagine celebrating Thanksgiving without dressing? They didn't have it. So there were fifty-three pilgrims. So that means there was three babies born. Fifty-three pilgrims and fifty Native Americans that have celebrated that first year. And uh, this is this is a point about Thanksgiving I never realized. I mentioned this a minute ago. Did you know Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving they celebrated after really a lot of turmoil that year. Abraham Lincoln is the one that made Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863. That don't sound very significant. That George Washington, he was a president. It was okay for them to declare a national holiday. They had already celebrated Thanksgiving. George Washington celebrated Thanksgiving. But none of them made it a national holiday until Abraham Lincoln made Thanksgiving a national holiday in 1863. Right in the middle of the Civil War. The Civil War went from 1861 to 1865. The deadliest battle that has ever taken place on American soil when we fought against one another, he made and declared Thanksgiving a national... Thanksgiving in the middle of disaster, destruction, all that was going on. You ever thought about that? What a declaration to give thanks in the middle of everything that was taking place. So this morning, I want us to express our thanksgiving for some of the simple pleasures that we have in life. So this is what I've done this morning. I said, Lord, I want to be able to set an example for our people to be thankful. And for us to pay attention to the little things that take place in life. I will reference back to the little baby and the things that take place in life every day that we never notice. So I want to do something simple. I want to set an example for our church. So Lord, I'm going this morning, I'm going down to the dollar store and I'm going to buy a loaf of bread. So I went down to the dollar store and I paid a dollar and twenty-five cents for this whole loaf of bread. When I got down there, I said, okay, God, I just want to be thankful. 
I don't know how many times we sit at the dinner table and say, Lord, thank you for this food. Bless it to our bodies. Amen. But I realized that when I walked up to the shelf, I realized that a stalker, probably in the middle of the night, put this loaf of bread on that shelf. And I said, Lord, I want to thank you for the stock boy that put this loaf of bread on the shelf so that I could drive a mile down the road and pick up this dollar and 25 cent loaf of bread. I said, Lord, I want to thank you for the owner of that dollar store. Because it wasn't that long ago, that dollar store wasn't there. Lord, if it hadn't been for that owner that built that store, that that stalker could work at, I couldn't have bought this loaf of bread this morning. God, I want to thank you for the person, the owner of the dollar store. And as I went and I brought, took my loaf of bread to the checkout counter, I sat there and I looked and I said, Oh, well, God, I need to thank this lady that I'm able to pick up this loaf of bread and she is at this place of business at 8 o'clock in the morning so that I can purchase this loaf of bread. God, thank you for this cashier that's taking my money this morning. I'd never done that before. Well, then I got to thinking. Well, how did they get that loaf of bread to this dollar store? I said, God, thank you for the truck driver. God, I want to thank you for the truck driver that put this loaf of bread on his truck that delivered it to this dollar store that I might have an opportunity to buy this. And then I realized that truck driver worked for somebody. That truck driver worked for a trucking company. God, I want to thank you for the trucking company that, that contracted with this baker over here that allowed this truck driver to deliver this bread to this dollar store that I might be able to purchase this bread. And then I realized that in order for that truck driver to bring that bread to the dollar store, he had to come in an automobile. He had to come into a truck. I stopped for a second and I said, God, I want to thank you for the automobile industry that builds vehicles so that this man can have a job to contract with this bakery so that they can bring bread to the dollar store that I can walk in and just pull it off of the shelf for a dollar and 25 cents. Well, then I got to thinking. I said, oh my goodness. How in the world is that guy going to be able to drive down here in his truck if it wasn't for the oil producers of America? So then I had to, man, my mind just began to work. I said, God, I'm going to be here all day saying thank you for this loaf of bread. Because I realized that there were people out there that work at oil fields every day that pull oil out of the ground. And I remember working offshore on this oil rig, staying gone two or three weeks. And I'm thinking, my goodness, God, I need to thank those people that work on those oil rigs out there for two or three weeks at a time without seeing their family because I just bought a loaf of bread. And God, I realize that you put that oil down there under the ground and you had people that could figure out how to get that oil up. I need to be thankful for all of those people. Do you see where this is going? I said, Lord, I just want to be thankful. But God, I don't have all day. So I begin to think thankful for the oil industry for God who supplied the oil so that the refineries could refine it to make it into fuel so this truck driver could use it to deliver the bread. Well, then I got to thinking. I said, Lord, what if we just had old dirt roads out here? That guy might not be able to deliver it. I began to thank God for the highway department and the ability that God gave those men and women to build roads. And then I got to thinking, well, they don't produce their own material. 
they have to have concrete workers. So God, I want to thank you for the concrete people who supply concrete so the highway department can deliver this. Well, then I got to thinking about, well, they, I, I think about this place that Jeremy gets unloads trucks all the time because they haul in rock and dirt from different countries and different places. Lord, I need to thank you for the railroad system. Because I got a loaf of bread, I need to thank you for the railroad system that the highway department can get their supplies from so that I can get this loaf of bread. God, I need to thank you for the raw materials that they dig out of the ground so that they can put it on that rail car to deliver it. I had to think about them for a second. Then I got to thinking about the bakery. My goodness, this thing's made from wheat. That bakery has to get the wheat from somewhere. But I started needing to think about the bakery. And I said, Lord, I want to thank you for the bakery. I want to thank you for the workers that work at this bakery to package and slice the bread before they ship it in the trucks to the store. Then I got to thinking about how in the world does a bakery operate without electricity? So God, I want to thank you for the power companies that supply the electricity. I want to thank you for the linemen that go out in the middle of a storm and in the middle of, a, in the middle of the sleet and the snow that fix the lines so that they can supply power to the bakery so that they can bake the bread so that they can put it on the truck. To, I, I could talk like this all day long. I just want to be thankful. I said, God, I just want to be thankful. I want to be thankful for what you have supplied me in this simple dollar and 25 cent loaf of bread. Well, you know, we've got to even go a little deeper and you realize the, the, the train of thought that I've got right here, this could go on for hours and hours and hours, the people that we need to thank for dollar and 25 cent loaf of bread. Because we hadn't even mentioned the farmers that grow the wheat, that grind it, that they might be able to bake it and send it to the bakeries. I, I would have to thank the agricultural industry that works together around the country. Listen, we don't just supply bread for America. We supply bread and grain across the globe because of our agricultural industry and the ability for us to produce such great amounts. <laughs> well then, I, as I begin to think, if it wasn't for John Deere and Massa Ferguson and Kubota and places like that, our farmers couldn't farm such great plots of land to produce such great amounts of food. I, I had to thank John Deere and Massa Ferguson and all these tractor places. And I realized that I only had a short period of time to preach so I had to get right down to it. And I said, God, I need to thank you for the seed. Listen, nobody made the seed but God. I said, God, I need to thank you for the seed. And it's the rain that falls on that seed. It's the sun that comes down, which is from God. It's the fertile ground that God made for that seed. And watch this word. Watch this word. And God, I want to thank you for the resurrection. Brother Wayne, where did that come from? 
you just went from talking about putting a seed in the ground to the resurrection. How did you shift from putting a seed in the ground to the resurrection? Oh, no, 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 no. I'm still speaking about the seed. Because you see, this is what happened. That grain of wheat that's taken and is placed in the ground is a dead, dry seed until God regenerates it and makes it alive again. He resurrects that dead, dry seed of wheat and He brings life into it so that you and I might have bread. God, thank you for the resurrection of that dead seed that I can buy a dollar and 25 cent loaf of bread. That's being thankful. And then I was reminded of a scripture. I was reminded of a scripture that's found in John chapter 6 and verse 35. And it says, And Jesus said unto them, I am the bread of life. He that cometh to me shall never hunger, and he that believeth on me shall never thirst. But I say unto you that ye also have seen me and believe not. I noticed one of the things when I was looking at the subject of resurrection. Jesus said, I am the bread of life. You know, and as I began to think about what it took to have this loaf of bread, it number one, it took a seed. Scripture bears out that Jesus is the seed. Number two, it took light. Jesus says, I am the light of the world. It took rain to produce this. And the Bible tells us that Jesus says, I am the living water. I want you to know in order for us to have life, and to have it abundantly, we must partake of the bread, which is Jesus Christ. Now, do you know how long it took me to just summarize the people I would say thanks for this loaf of bread? And you know I cut many, many corners. I could see some of your, your minds working as you could have said, well, he forgot this, well, he forgot that. Can you imagine how much thanksgiving we need to give for Jesus Christ coming and dying on a cross so that you and me, you and I might have salvation. And it's all a result of the resurrection. In 1 Thessalonians 4 and 14 it says, For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, believing in the resurrection, even so them also which sleep in Jesus will God bring with Him. And he's talking about the end time. But it's as a result of the resurrection. John and Peter was arrested and they were taken and put in prison and they were flogged because they wouldn't quit preaching the gospel. And it says this. It says, and they called them. This is the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees and the Sadducees. And they called them and commanded them not to speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. But Peter and John answered and said unto them, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than unto God, judge you. For we cannot speak the things which we have, for we cannot but speak the things 
which we have seen and heard, and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus, and great grace was upon them all. Let me tell you what that's saying right there. When John and Peter recognized that Jesus rose from the grave, I want you to know they received great power through the power of the Holy Spirit. And it was because of that great seed of Jesus Christ that we have been given the bread of life. This morning, more than anything in this world, we should be thankful for Jesus. More thankful for Jesus than your spouse, for your children, for your church, for your job. For without Jesus, there is no life. Without Jesus, there is no resurrection into life for you without Jesus. This morning, we're going to sing an invitation song, and it's, I have decided to follow Jesus. And as we sing that, I hope that as you recognize the season in which we are are celebrating this, we're celebrating Thanksgiving, a season that we celebrate as Christians every single day. But this morning, if you've never received Jesus, I'm asking you to receive Him for the very first time. If you're here this morning and you recognize that, you know what? I'm not as thankful as I should be. I'm going to ask you this week to practice that just one time and run the chain down like I did with this piece of bread that I had that we purchased. Run down that thankfulness chain, looking at all the people that you need to thank. Do that one time this week, but do it thanking God for His Son, Jesus, that through His resurrection it has changed everything. All of this, all of this message this morning started from the resurrection of a single seed. Let's stand together. And I'll pray, and then our invitation. Father, as we come at this time, we thank you so much for your son Jesus. We thank you for the resurrection, and we thank you for your word. God, help us as your children to not just live this week being thankful, but every week being thankful, so that the world might see your son Jesus living in and through us. Take this message this morning, apply it to our lives, and help us to understand what you desire from us. And it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You respond if you need to respond this morning.